So, Saria, thank you for doing the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, now, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you are you from the Lansing area originally? I, I don't think you are, right? No. I'm actually from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised. Um, I ended up here in Lansing because I went to Michigan State for undergrad, met my husband. Um, what did you go to MSU for? I studied originally um, psychology. Mm. I wanted to be a therapist. Oof. Um, I was so into the mind and how it works. And then I landed in human developmental family studies. And then I got a ZS endorsement in child development. Um, So I did social work for a good while. Um, What was what was that like? It was interesting. Um, School or social work? Uh, Well, social work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was it was challenging for sure. I used to be able to do it with my eyes closed. And then I had my daughter. And, you know, when you start coming across people that are doing things that, you know, children shouldn't experience, it starts to become hard for me. Mm. And I said, no, I got to get out. That's one of the probably one of the most defeating careers that you could go into and not make a living doing. Like it's it's brutal. It is. And it's different. You know, every area, every region has their own, you know, struggles or um, Mm -hmm things that are different or they're going through. So for me, growing up in Detroit, we have a different uh, style, you know. Nothing against anybody from Lansing, but we just have a different style of how we carry ourselves. Okay. Um, And then Lansing, I had to learn the culture. It's a lot different here. What would you say the difference is? Um, For me, it's a lot of, you know, uh, I'm one of the type of people where mean what you say and say what you mean. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not fluffy. It's not. Don't beat around the bush. No, I'm just straight out with it. Mm. I'm very sweet, but we have straight a way to of, the point. Yeah, of, of doing things, and I think too the era of where we are in life right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just have like a hustle grind mentality. I probably have like sixty jobs, <laughs> <laughs> but you know you don't really find that a lot here. I don't think that's the culture. You don't find the hustle grind, or you don't? No, not really. at all. Not at all. Not at all. And in, in what sense do you mean that? Um, just, just the caliber of, of people and how they carry themselves or, um, you know, what people are into. Okay. It's very slow to me a little bit. Not slow in the person, but I'm interested to know what you mean by that. Um, it's a little bit tricky. So, you know, I'll say, and and it's different in every region of where you work. Of course, Mm -hmm. I was working in social work, so I was dealing with a lot of, Clients and parents that had some extreme harsh barriers. So I'm not really generating my thoughts off of that. Right. But going into just the the culture of the people that I've met outside of that, that tend to be from Lansing, it's just a different area. It's a different mindset. It's a different right. culture. Right. Not, you know, anything bad. It's right. just different. Just different. It's just different. And my yeah. husband's from here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm married to him and, you know. It's just different. So do you think it's just like slower pace? I think like so. a little bit? Just a little bit. Because that's one thing I noticed. Like, I, I'm not from Detroit. I'm yeah. actually not even from Lansing. I'm from Florida. Oh, wow. Um, and even that, the culture is way different. It like, is. going back and seeing that. But, um, like, going to Detroit and just, I mean, it's it's funny because as soon as you hit Brighton, it's so fast-paced. Even the cars, the way people are driving, mm-hmm. everybody just go, 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 yeah. go. And here it seems a lot slower pace. It is. And it's so um, really fa- family oriented, which I love because mm-hmm. I have a daughter and I have a son. I just, I have a six month old baby now. Wow. 
and um, they have so much to do, like for the family and so many events. I'm like at every event with my kids, <laughs> like, when do I have time to do something else? I'm there, right? <laughs> so I, I love, you know, that part of it is it feels more like community. Right, right. It's not so much of um, hustle and bustle where you got to watch, you know. Mm, right. Like I can go out right. and feel semi-safe. Yeah. <laughs> go well, to Detroit. Yeah. I'm going to be looking. You know? Did you hear about that shooting of that guy that got, got shot and killed here in Lansing the other day? Yes. Was he a political? Yeah. Yes. I actually, um, it's funny. I recently ran to be on the Lansing school board and he was one of the candidates that was up against really? me. Yes. Oh. Yes. And, uh, did he, he didn't win? No, 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 oh. no. And, um, he, yeah, he was, he was there and I was like, wow. What was he like? Crazy. Was he a nice guy? He seemed like a nice guy. Everything I see from, I, I never met him no. or knew him, but everybody that posted about him said he was an amazing guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was very committed to the cause for sure. Mm. Um, the fact that he even passed campaigning just tells you something right, right there. Right. You know, he was committed to trying to make a change and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy because I mean, you talked about how like safe Lansing is, but from somebody who, I mean, I've lived in Lansing, um, seven years, eight years now. Mm -hmm. Um, and like in this house and, it seems like it's getting more unsafe, like as time goes on. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because of social media accentuating everything or if it's always kind of been this way. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. What are, I, what are I your think thoughts? about that too. I'm not really sure because you got social media that plays a big part, but we also, the dynamic of the people that are doing these things are kids. Yeah, and that's sad. These are the kids. I mean, that, that kid was a 15 year old kid that kid, shot and killed him. Kid. And he asked and, him for a dollar. Like, do you have a dollar? And he said no, and then pulled out a gun and shot him in the head. Crazy. And I used to work with those type of kids. I did social work here in Lansing for four, three and a half years. Um, so what can you, since you've worked in that field, can you explain, because I guess this kid was also a runaway at some point, mm -hmm. but can you explain like what the mindset is like in the young, in the young people today in, in the, I guess that would be like uh social services yeah, um, or like foster care. Yeah. Um, I grew up in foster care. Wow. Well, I didn't grow up in foster care. I was in foster care for a short time, then adopted. But wow. I was in the system, nonetheless. And, and I worked directly with foster care. I was a foster care specialist with local office. Okay. <laughs> with, uh, like, uh, the, state. the state. Okay. Um, yeah. Now I'm going to be, in, it's going to be interesting talking to you then. Yeah. Well, I, my mindset about it right now, honestly, we don't have a lot of resources for these kids. Yeah. We don't have a lot of places for them to go. But the biggest thing is the mindset you know you have social media right and I feel like right now the pressure that social media puts on for these kids they want something so bad but they're not willing to do the work to get there number mm -hmm. one they see you know they want the money they want right. to you know be influential but in the wrong way right yeah, yeah. so you don't have people that standing up in the community to be mentors to these kids and half the time you can't tell them anything you can't tell them yeah anything. i remember when i was 15 you, you <laughs> gotta really build that trust right. with them um but they're so they're so trauma responsive it's hard to even get that it's hard to get through so it's going to take a lot of work so for sure. Do you see working in that working in that industry? Did you see a lot of like that kind of behavior, oh, like absolutely. the the gang like, type, like like young people gravitating towards that type of lifestyle because maybe they they feel like that lifestyle welcomes them in a sense. 
I don't even know if it's so much welcome them, especially when you have, you know, children that have trauma. They essentially, at the core of it, want to be loved, mm, right? Yeah. They want to be accepted. They want to be included. They want to feel like they have something over someone because a lot of them are being told where to go, how to go, how fast. And they, they want to be free from that, right? Yeah. So a lot of them are running away. A lot of them are, you know, they don't feel like they have anybody to really listen to them. Right. And they can't trust. They're not trusting in anything. So their trauma is leading them. And then there's a response. That, that, that response is simple. He asked for a dollar. And there's the response. So once you break through the barrier of all that, then maybe we can get somewhere. But it's going to take some really committed people to do that what do you think it would take what kind of resources other than money um i mean obviously money is a huge one because it it can pay for a lot of different services absolutely and and needs but and i think too you know we mental health is really a big thing but it also starts with the parenting you got to catch these kids when they're young Mm -hmm. and not trying when they're 15 16 the world already got them right you know your mind is pretty much made up yeah. By that point in the world, the kids are growing faster and faster and faster. But it's crazy. I, I went to a, um, a training recently. Um, I think it was called like Safe Talk or something like that. And they were saying. How, Is that local? Um, I, I was at a PCAC meeting for Lansing School District. It was like a parent meeting. They do it okay. like the third Wednesday of every month. Um, and it's just getting parents in the district and the community together to talk about, you know, different concerns. And they'll have a presenter. I had to double check what it was, but I think it was like safe talk and they were talking, having some conversation and she was saying how, you know, we look at these kids and their, ex- their experience, their experience is different because they're growing faster, right? They yeah. are taller, they're more um, shapely, but their body and their mind are not the same. But they're a lot smarter too. Like than we were growing up. Oh, they, they have so <laughs> much exposure too. Right, you know? right. We didn't have social media at the platform that it is now. Right. Everything is at the drop of a finger with yeah. them. And I think that impulsivity definitely plays a part on the level of frustration. Mm, right. And then COVID right. didn't COVID just maximizes all of that. Yeah. Locked in yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. not going to school. Not you know, it was just it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, then we had like the like the George Floyd stuff, like it was kind of interesting how all that unfolded because you had the people locked up inside their house and then that happened. And then now like people are just storming the streets and just wanting to like, just like demonstrate. And it ended up with like riots and people blowing stuff up. And it's just wild times. I think people are. And and now we're kind of seeing it unfold a little bit into society Oh, absolutely. and the young people. Oh yeah. yeah. I think our young people are, you know, there's some great young people out there and they just don't get enough credit. Yes. So it's kind of overshadowed by all of the bad. Of I think it's like that with everything though. I mean, cause like you end up with positive media, but that gets drowned out by the negative media Oh yeah, because there's so much more negative and yeah. it's so much more enticing to click on <laughs> <laughs> that too. And then it just uh, creates this, this diverse area of people are scared to leave their house. Mm, you know, people yeah. are you know, nervous and I, I, I don't want to, you, you want to live your life with wisdom, of right, course. Right, But you don't want to be terrified, you know. No. You don't want to do that. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, to live in fear is not a good thing. And that's not, that's no quality of life. No, not at all. No. So, you had mentioned that you have like 60 jobs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yes. 
Um, clearly you're not a social worker anymore. You decided to kind of give that up. Was it because of the stress? Uh, was it a lot to, you, you mentioned having a, a, a kid yeah. and seeing the way maybe some other kids were treated and then coming home and seeing your child and it was, it was draining. Was was it like? was draining. Number one, because you, you know, you're carrying that when you go home, you're, you're up at night, the type of worker that I was. I really wanted to make a difference. I didn't get into it for money or anything like that. Right. I really wanted to be committed to making. Does anybody change. get into it for money? Some people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a job to them, you know. So, yeah, no, I didn't want to do that. And when it started taxing on like my mental, and I couldn't sleep, and you know my caseload was all over the place, I was really seeking to make a change. So I stayed with the state, of course. I, you know, I love working for MDHS. I'm still with the state. Okay. Um, but I got promoted, and I am an analyst now, so I do a uh. lot of data on the other side of it. I'm actually in juvenile justice division. Oh, crazy! We're talking about youth and oh, crime. Yeah. What is so? What is that? So I pretty much um, do quality assurance and quality improvement for our juvenile justice uh, division. So all of our youth that are committed into um, the state that have any type of delinquent charge or case that will, you know, house them as a JJU juvenile mm -hmm. kid. Um, some, a lot of them go to facilities. Some of them are in the community. And so I pretty much manage uh, that quality assurance of those youth, um, especially in the programs. So what they're doing in the programs, how they're performing, what their assessments are and how our contracts are going. So we're contracted. The state has contracts with different facilities that house those youth are they private facilities or are they state-owned there's we have a two that are state-owned and then we have some private facilities and a lot of this you can find online yeah. of course um so that's what i do i wow. you know grab that data um have conversations talk to people um, make make you know help make informed decisions based off of what we're seeing because ultimately Kids come in the system. We don't want them to stay there. Right. You know, lymphocytes is a big thing. You know, we want to make sure that they're getting the services they need so that they can either return safely to the community or return to somewhere that could help them further. What is the, uh, what would you call that? Like the, the rate of them falling back into the system once they get out? What is that rate like? Mm. Is it high? Of course. Yeah. Of course it's high. And then you got to think about it. If they've been in a residential facility for what, 428 days, mm. typ typically, you know, depending on their charges, you're there for a year and a half at, at most. What kind of charges would land you into a place like that? It depends. It depends. Like Nonviolent charges or even some violent? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does it depend on the age and, and how they charged you? It, it can. It yeah. can vary. And then every county is different. Every judge is different. If it's a first offense, you know. Right, right. So it, it just really depends case by case. But it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I actually like this side of it because I'm not in the boots in the ground, mm. you know, seeing it, living it, breathing it. But I'm actually looking at the data to help drive some positive change about right, what we're doing, right. you know, to help these youth. Yeah. But like I said, everywhere there's always an issue with resources. Resources are limited, especially for juvenile kids. Because mm. they got that label on them, right? Right. So is there resources for juvenile kids once they uh, get out of the system and they're doing good or whatever to, oh, yeah. to be able to be integrated back into society and, yeah, the community and get a job without having these type of labels on them? 
It they can. I mean, we we yeah. do have resources out there, but there's just a limited, limited. amount. You know, right. depending on the area of where you are. Yeah. You know, I work for the state, and I'm here in Lansing, but we have kids all over the counties. You know, wow. so it just depends on where they're going, and what's available. That's got to be a defeating job too. Actually, <laughs> I actually enjoy it a lot more than yeah. seeing it, breathing, being in it. You know, because when I did foster care. You're picking the kids up from the houses that you're taking them from. You're yeah. going and having these hard conversations and watching a kid in the backseat cry because I want to be with my parent. I don't care how bad the environment is that they come from. Most of them still want to go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can't understand. They just want their parents. That's how it was for me when really? I got picked up. Yeah, I got I was picked up at Moore. It was, I think it was Moore's River Elementary, mm-hmm. which is it used to be a school. It's not a school anymore. Downtown, like right by the three towers the smoke stacks or whatever. Okay. Um, and my brother and I got picked up there and I remember sitting in the back seat just crying, but like we were homeless. We lived in a hotel yeah. and I'm just like, I just want to go back to my, like back with my mom. I don't care if I'm homeless. Yeah. Like I just want to be with her. Yeah. And, and a lot of kids, that's their story. Like they would rather stay with their parent, no matter how bad the situation is because yeah. it's safe to them, Yeah, to them. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's the unknown too. Like, yeah. what is my life going to look like now? Absolutely. And then Scary. you got to think about having to reintegrate your whole system of what you know. Like, when I was doing foster work, foster care work, I would always tell like foster parents if they're going to take the kids, you know, they have to go to a doctor appointment within like two weeks or thirty days or something like that. Right. And when they got removed, and I would always say keep them at their same doctor because when you're going in a room with a at a doctor's office. Half the time, the person that knows the kid more than all of us in the room is the doctor, if it's the same doctor. Right. So at least having that, a little bit of comfort of knowing I've been seeing this doctor since with my parent. Yeah. They know their history. They know their family. Yeah. And just advocating for them. I would advocate so much for my youth. And it was crazy because I would always get the runaway kids. Oh, my God. (laughs) They always laughed at me because they're like, you just have all the AWOL kids. And I would (laughs) literally be like driving around Lansing in the state car looking for kids, knocking on doors. You know, some of that work I miss a little bit. But it was (laughs) went into some crazy spaces, you know. That's scary, too, because, I mean, if you're in a sense responsible for these kids and then now they're AWOL. Yeah. where you, what you where you at? What are you doing? Stalking him on social media, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, it takes, you know, the person that I am now talking to you, sitting with you, I'm a whole different person when I'm a, a social worker. I'm sure. I have to be. Yeah. They'll run all over you. <laughs> they will literally chew you up, spit you out. They can tell when you're real or fake. They can tell when you care and you don't care. <laughs> you know, it was, it, it was, it was tough. Do you think that has something to do with the fact that you're from like a different place and have like a different, uh, like personality and uh, persona way of like carrying yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, it's, it's like sink or swim, you know, (laughs) you can think about, you go and ask right now, like how many people there's so, that's why so much turnover with, with that type of work. Cause Mm. it's hard. Yeah. And it's taxing. (laughs) It will. And it's not even just, you know, physically moving the kids and, but that mental part Mm. is extremely tough. No. And when you can't, when you look at kids and you you know that you can't help them, right, right, that's a tough space. That to is a in. tough space because you just want to take them in as like yours, like some of them I didn't want taking. <laughs> <laughs> some 
of them. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I have my favorite group of kids. You know, that, <laughs> but I'm all about positive change. You don't have to be what you came from. Look at no, you. Exactly. You know, you don't have to be. You don't have to be that. They have to want to make their mind up and and be a change. And if they don't want to do that, I can't help you. You mm-hmm. can't help somebody that don't want to be helped. That's why I started this podcast. Because rising above, like you you don't have to be the circumstances that you grew up in. You don't have to. And society will put that on you, especially as a foster kid. There's so many statistics out there saying that if you were a foster child, you'll end this percentage will end up in jail or this percentage will end up this or this percentage will end up that. And society labels you as a as a as a failure. Yeah. And you don't have to let that define you. You can choose to rise above and and be better. Absolutely. And that was the case for me. I mean, my adopted mom, that's a whole other story, but she was extremely abusive, verbally, emotionally, physically, everything. And um, I talked about it in in my episode, but um, she would always tell me, like, you're never going to be anything ever. Mm -hmm. Like, you're you're just going to be a piece of crap. Like, Mm -hmm. always would tell me that. And so that always stuck in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. And, uh. And I feel like I have proved her wrong. Yeah. And, and I'm here. Look at you. Exactly. Look at all this. So I'm not not to toot, toot, not no. to toot my own horn, you but should. it's just the fa- <laughs> it's just the fact that you don't have to allow those circumstances to define you. And oh, for anybody not. who's like a a teenager mm-hmm. in the system, you don't have to let that situation that you're in right now define your future. In fact, you can use it as momentum and motivation to get out of that position and right. become better. Yeah. And like for me, when I was in foster care, when I got taken away from my mom, that was one thing I always uh, told myself, I don't ever want to be homeless and I don't ever want my kids to be in that position. And so that's always been a driving factor for me is to provide a good living for my, my family. Yeah. And I've never experienced that. And you won't. Hopefully I don't. <laughs> you know, when I'm you on have, strike, so who knows? Well, okay. You'll be fine. I, and that's the thing too, you know, as we... Um, get into like this newer culture a lot of people are healing doing healing work and you know going to therapy yeah like i'm in therapy yeah you know, I, it changes the dynamic of how you think your perspective and i just was thinking about it like two days ago like having to remain in a space of being so thankful and grateful for what i do have mm-hmm. and you know i'm it's- from detroit I, I didn't come from with a silver spoon in my mouth you know what i'm saying right. i worked what very of, hard what part of detroit are you from west side of detroit Westside. So like Detroit, 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 not like Inkster, when- not Dearborn. <laughs> you know, people be like, I'm from Detroit, not Southfield. No, no, no. I'm from the West side of Detroit. Wow. Born and raised. My mom had me. She was a, a high school uh, teen mom. Wow. You know, she had me at 18. Wow. Yeah. It, you know. So the, the cards were stacked against you from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not. Nah, yeah. Pretty much. You but know, you first made it- to go, go to, you know, college and. Wow. I was in high school. I was determined. I, I remained like with a 4.0 GPA. But the thing about it, you know, some of those circumstances kind of definitely made me who I am right now. Mm-hmm. Like I am fighting against this whole uh, motive to, to sit down and to sit still. Like I said, I have 60 jobs. I <laughs> joke about it, but I'm always doing something and Do, I'm working on that. But like, that's important, right? How to be present. But that's an important thing to to do because I'm also somebody that has a bunch of things going on at one time. And a lot of people are like, why do you do that to yourself? But the thing is, is like you have to stay busy and you have to have something, whether like 
I mean, you, you work a job, but you have also a business and then I'm sure you're working on other creative things. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you have to have things that are creative. You have to have things that you enjoy doing too, that are maybe a job, but But you you, gotta have balance. You have to have balance, but you have to learn how to focus your energy and time on something that you're passionate about. Because I think that's where I'm at. I'm, I, you know, have my hand in so many different pots. Like I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I work full time, I have a business on the side. I recently ran for the Lansing School Board, like (laughs) out of nowhere. (laughs) You know, I'm pretty much over the education ministry at my church. I'm doing a lot of things, but still there's something to me that's like, you're still not doing enough. Mm. I'm like, what is that? Why? What is that? Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of like something in your childhood or you're afraid of something? Like, what is that? I think my biggest thing is afraid of like leaving and not fulfilling my full purpose. But also I have kids and I want to give them something to be proud of Mm. and leave something behind. Like we all have to go one day, but what are they going to say at my funeral? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm. I want to make sure I'm creating positive examples for my kids. But I also feel like I have a lot going on in my life. Like, my dad, he has stage four cancer. He's had stage four cancer since I had my daughter four years ago. Um, and I'm in a weird space. You know, transparent. I'm in Lansing, but I don't have my family here. Right. I've moved here, you know, with my husband. His family's here, but my family's in Detroit. Yeah, Detroit is an hour away, but still to get my family to drive an hour, (laughs) you have your have your viewers call and ask them for me. You know, so, you know, when you're nobody talks about the dynamic of the shifting when you start expanding your life and like having a family and. Um, growing your family, you need that support in that village. And I find myself not having that village sometimes. Shout out to my in-laws. You know, they're here and they will help and have an amazing husband, you know. But you still don't have, you know, the people yeah. that raised you, right? Right. right. You, you have this imagine of, imaginative mind of, like, what it would be like when you have a family and all those things. And I don't really see that. Right. Because I'm so far away. Right. And I think I stay busy to kind of distract from that. Mm, that makes sense. Because I don't like sitting still because then I have to think and then I have to feel. And then I, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's definitely a good thing, though, is to think and feel. And I be, know. Like you said, be present in the moment. Do you, like, do you work out at all? Not currently. No. No, I just had a baby six yeah. months ago. Um. I'm evaporating. I laugh and say I'm evaporating. You're evaporating. Because <laughs> I'm a nursing mom, and I promise you, it's like every time I, you know, look up, I'm like losing more and more and more and more because my baby's like taking all the food from me. But I plan to at least try to start that back up. I just don't know when I have the time to, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, for me, because I also have a lot of, lot going on, I work a lot when we are working, Um I make that my number one priority generally it's like work and then I work out and then everything else comes yeah, next outside of my family. But you know, like as far as like the extra things that I do, that's the number one thing, one thing I do because I do know that when I work out, I feel good. Um, it helps with mental clarity. It helps with like angst and just everything. Yeah. And so by working out, it just helps my creativity flow better too. Absolutely. I can, I mean, I can imagine that. And I think, too, when you're always doing, what are you really, you know, what are you really putting your all in? You you can't be great at everything if you're doing five things at one it's time. It's true. It's true. 
And so I've been trying to, you know, pop myself on the hand to try to be present. Like right now, this is probably the most present. <laughs> I'm not doing 20 things. I'm sitting here having this great conversation. But, you know, we don't think about that. And no. that's something like I'm constantly working on. And yep. I think what I struggled with and I'm rising above even now. Yeah. I talked about it earlier in our conversation about, you know, growing up and wanting to be a perfectionist because I didn't want to be, you know, uh, another stereotype right. or, you know, right. I wanted to be better than what I've seen. I wanted to be better and be a great example. Yeah. So I, you know, had this struggle with perfection, right? Like just wanting to do everything and be perfect at everything. And I'm learning like, nobody's perfect no you can't be perfect and you can't be everything for everybody so I'm now rising above that because I would put so many people above myself and then I realized recently like when you put everybody above yourself you're telling them that you're last mm. and people will take advantage of that too absolutely they'll run all over you absolutely <laughs> and as strong and as stern as I am that's my soft spot Yep. especially when it comes to my family or people I love, I want to see them win. If yep. I can be of any type of help, I'll do it. And they know that I'll do it 10 times over. Yep. But then at the end of the day, I'm depleted. But when you say no, oh. oof, then they're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? No, oh, serious acting funny. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm just at my no phase. I'm yeah. at my no phase. I'm at my no phase where I'm not doing anything that doesn't serve me well. But I also want to be purposeful in what I'm asked to do or right. what God has given right. me. You know, like I said, being thankful and grateful because I am extremely blessed. Well, and, and the thing is, if you're putting more focus into the things that other people are asking of you, the, the things that they expect from you, then now you're taking away from the things that you actually want to be doing and the positive change that you could be creating. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it may affect your family, like, you know, like outside family or friends or people that depend on you. But it's like you got you have to put those boundaries up because if you don't, then again, they take it full advantage of it. I have the same the same issue um, with somebody specifically where I have I'm having to cut ties like mm -hmm. just because like I'm responsible for that person. But it's like you're taking complete advantage of this. Yeah. And so now I have to like take a step back because it's impacting me and my life and the things that I have going on. And what does that look like? Now I'm switching roles. What like you, when, you when you take a step back, what does that look like? Uh, it means for me, it means uh limiting my responsibilities for that person, uh, changing my role in, in that person's life and, uh, finding other ways to get them the help they need without me having to provide the help. So, so you're like outsourcing essentially. Yes. Yes. And it doesn't mean that I, I care about them less. It yes. just, it means that I care about myself more. And that's the part. That's the, that's part. the part of me that I struggle with. And it's not so much of I care what other people say because I'm at the point now where, I, listen, pay a bill at my house, then I think about <laughs> it. <laughs> but, you know, it's more so of like I grew up where I wanted to be the good kid. I wanted to be the kid that didn't give my parents a hard time. Right. Like my mom always jokes. She calls my sister. She's younger. She's the baby, like the no limit soldier, because she's <laughs> the one that gives her the run <laughs> for her money, you know? And it's crazy because I was the oldest. And so even to this day, me and my mom talk about it. I'm the oldest on my mom's side. She has two kids. And then my dad has three kids alive and I'm still the oldest. And I have like great gaps on them. Oh, like 10, 
12 year gra- gaps on them. Wow. And so I've always been like, not the token kid, but yeah. your sister did this. Be like your <laughs> sister. And I'm like, don't do that because they're going to have their <laughs> own. And it puts more of that pressure of perfection to perform because right. I have these younger siblings that are, you know, counting on me and yeah. watching me. Now, you had mentioned that uh, you have your own business yeah. and you you clearly are busy all the time. How do you find time to manage that business? And what is what is that business like? So I actually started during COVID. It's Stroh mm. Creations. Um, it's a custom creation company. Um, and what we do is I take those custom uh, or those photo explosion boxes and I customize them. Mm. So you upload your pictures. Um, you fill out an order form, you know, as you're making this for a birthday or anniversary or what have you. And, you know, I create those, ship them out, send them to you, and you give them wow. to the person on your birthday. Oh. And just last year I was – gracefully accepted to be a part of the Goldman Sachs program. Shout out to them. Um, One million black businesswomen um, went to New York twice. I did that program. It was a cohort. I was a part of cohort number two Um, and did that program, graduated, met some amazing, phenomenal women. When I tell you black women (laughs) doing great things that you don't hear and see about. Yeah. Um, And I was so blessed to be a part of that. And the thing is, you know, since having my baby, I've kind of slowed down a little bit. I need to regain that momentum for sure. Right. Um, because it's been difficult. I've been a one woman show. So, I don't have a staff. <laughs> so that business, is it just strictly online? Yeah. And so anybody in the world could do it. Or yeah, you can order and I ship out. I've shipped all over Texas, wow. Atlanta. Wow. You know. Especially when I first started, it was such a big I was overloaded. Like I was like pulling for help, really? <laughs> volunteers. Yes, because so, it was, it was, it blew up so really quick. When somebody orders, what does that look like? Like, I mean, obviously it varies based on their order, but do you you have to put together the box? Yeah. What does that look like? Oh man, it's a whole production. So, <laughs> you know, you I try to because I'm very organized in general. Try to be very organized. So mm-hmm. say you know you upload, you're gonna get your wife a a birthday box, right? And it's the explosion box. You open it, and every layer pops out, and all these things. So you op- upload your forty pictures. So as soon as the pictures are uploaded, they're printed out, right? Then I'll look at your order form. And you'll say, I want it to be. Every layer is a different color. I want it to be, she loves hearts. I want the heart theme. We love Vegas. So put Vegas in there. Um, Her favorite number is six. So find a meaningful way to incorporate a six somewhere. And so I'm, you know, putting all the pictures in first. And then I'm going in with all those creative details that you've told me about your person. So I'm really customizing this as if you made it yourself. Right. To give to her. But you're being creative. Oh, you're absolutely. The one, so you're having to like think about this from scratch, essentially. Oh, everyone. Every single oh one. So gosh. that order form, you know, I asked a lot of questions because I want to get it right. Yeah. And the great thing is I have so many reviews because people, you can go and buy a photo explosion box, but you got to put it together yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talk about prices. They're like, oh, three is never too expensive because who's going to do that? I remember when I first started out, I didn't really have a great system. It would take me like four hours on one box. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you want to start that during COVID? Was it just the fact that you had downtime? You're like, this looks fun. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Actually, it's crazy because I made one for a family member. And um, I think we posted on social media, like her reaction to it. Oh, cool. 
of course, everybody's like, who made that? Oh, man, I want one of those. Uh, can you ask the person? And I'm, like, very legit. Like, I follow the rules about a book. <laughs> I don't do any, you know, I don't want nobody coming for me ever. You know, I work for the state. And so as soon as. Um, so let's do a podcast. <laughs> right, right. Let me put my name out there. Even more. <laughs> no. So I literally uh, went online, went on Lara. Um went through the process of creating a legit business with an LCC, opened a business bank account and, you know, bought, I paid for a web developer and, you know, created my website, I think. And then we did a soft launch. It's online. You can find it still. And, um, I got ordered a backdrop. I had my logo, everything legit. Did my launch. And when I say it was crazy, it was like, I had a headache because I was like, uh, I didn't think it was going to be this big of a deal. Like, wow. you know how you shortchange yourself? Because yeah. you're like, oh, you know, maybe maybe two or three people. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, 40 people. I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I started putting myself out there and I was applying for, you know, different programs. And um, I applied for Goldman Sachs. And I remember applying like, Lord, if this is for me, open the door. Right. But I still had this like bit of fear like I don't think it's that great mm. I don't know if I'm gonna get picked and when I got the interview I was like okay <laughs> this is happening so I did the interview and then I got that email and I was like you're selected we're gonna fly you out to New York for three days wow. for the opening and I was like what <laughs> like That's me crazy. little girl from Detroit you know like yeah and I went and met like I said I met phenomenal phenomenal people wow that must have been a surreal experience. Oh like, my goodness. Knowing like where you came from and, yeah. and having that like that in the back of your head, like that you're never good enough, right? Because that's kind of a thought you have that like I need to be doing more because I, I'm I need to live up to my own expectations. Yeah. I'm like my and biggest then, critic. Yeah. That's so important though. Um and then you now you're in this spot that is a coveted spot. What was that like? It was it was a crazy amazing first of all you got to be very uh, confident to go into those type of spaces. Number one, you seem confident. I'm very confident, <laughs> but you know, it's a different pressure, mm. you know, cause they dig into the weeds. How much money did you make today? Mm. <laughs> you know, what, what's, what's your revenue goals for next year? You know, right. and you're sitting with people that are like, I had a 20 K day yesterday. Ooh. 20 K day. No, not, not the <laughs> month day where are these people I need to hang out with them right and, <laughs> and so you're in a room with all these phenomenal people and I will never forget the uh, founder she it was our first day and we were um in like the grand room it was surreal when I say like we walked on the balcony and you could see New York like it's amazing wow. and um she was saying like out of 10,000 applicants we only selected 100 and you guys are a part of that 100 whoa and you were meant to be here. And I was like, whoa, 10,000 people, 100 of us, I'm, I'm meant to be here. And, you know, it, it was like a grounding moment. Like, yeah, I'm going to be something. I'm be I'm doing something like I'm doing something right. Right. I'm, I'm having a story to go back and tell my daughter, you know, the sky's the limit for you. There's people out there. You just got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. That is so amazing crazy that is so crazy out of 10,000 people 10,000 and then you know you do the program it's a 12-week program 
And then they fly you back out for graduation. And I remember graduation, I had to do like an interview. And uh, they were asking like, you know, tell us about your experience. Those 12 weeks were tough, you know, because it's like a real, like almost kind of like a college course. You have Mm -hmm. homework. It was all via Zoom. You know, you have stuff to turn in, group projects, uh, your meeting. You probably, we probably spent like maybe four hours a week. Oh, 12 weeks. Which is a lot. On your business, on your plans, on your goals, on your homework. Or your so team. the whole the whole course is geared towards helping your business. Yes. Well, yes. Specifically your business. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And then we had to do a pitch, um, you know, for funds and capital and how to raise. And it was. And do so they invest cycle. at the end? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did you get an investment? I did. Wow. I did. I did. It was great. That's crazy. Yeah, every every person got an incentive. Okay. Uh-huh. You got an incentive. So what kind of impact did that have on your business from that point on? Oh, it was great. The momentum, um, just knowing who my audience were and how to like reach my audience, how to, you know, make goals, how to apply for capital. You know, as a as an African American female, for me for sure we don't have all the afforded opportunities that most people get. You know, we don't have anybody leading us and showing us the way to, to navigate how to get funds for your business, how to grow your business, let alone, you know, mm-hmm. sitting at the table and having conversations and coming and saying, this is what I'm bringing. This is what I need. Right. You know, we, we, yep. we don't, it's very rare. So that program literally was addressing that. And then you're a part of a family. You know, I'm a part of the alumni group now and, you know, monthly communication of what everybody's doing and what's out there for us to be applying for. Wow. So it was a life-changing experience, number one, because you also get to be a part of something bigger than you, right? Yeah. A lot of people need that. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm a door opener. I'm going to always share the wealth, right? I'm always going to share knowledge because what is it going to, we all can, can do well. Well, If I know something, I'm not going to hide it from you. It's not going to take away from your success. No, not at all. If anything, I'll be more blessed. Right. Right. You know, because it's about what seeds are you planting? Right. You know, you got to be purposeful in what you're doing, purposeful in your interactions with people. Yep. Then it all comes back. Every seed you sow is going to come back. Yeah. That's what I, that's one thing I try to do uh, with this podcast is I promote other people, other businesses, other, um, like even podcasters. I had a guy on last night who is a friend of mine, but he has a podcast and uh, I, I promote him. He's been on several times, but I promote his podcast because I'm like, it's not going to take anything from me. No. If anything, it's going to help me because like now we are like joining forces, forces. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it helps and it, it helped like that whole um the whole uh what do you call it um uh i'm i can't can't think right now um i don't know it's just a it's a a small-minded way to think like to think that you know if i share something with you now you're gonna be more successful than me but if you are more successful maybe that was your path yeah you know the hard part about when you're doing anything is i'm a very spiritual person i love my church i'm believing god um, but the hard part is when he says, no, what if you were meant to be bigger than me? Right. You got to be accepting of that. Right. Like everybody has their own purpose and their own call. So what do you yep. do when your no is no? Well, I think the problem is, is pride, right? I mean, yeah. people want to be the top man or the top yeah. woman. Like I'm, the, I'm the boss. Yeah. And that's pride. 
yeah. when you can't put yourself aside and realize that that's not meant for you. Absolutely. Or you're operating in spaces <laughs> that doesn't serve you because mm. of pride. If you're just going to keep hitting your head on the same wall, <laughs> keep on doing it. Keep on hitting your head, you know. To add on to the list of things that you have going on, you should start a podcast. You think so? Yes. Why? You should, you should definitely do a podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I don't think I have the capacity to do a podcast. In, um, in what way? You don't think that you have the time or just the the attention? I I'm, doing or, six, I'm doing 16 jobs. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it could be part of one of your jobs. I have to let something go for sure. I don't think we even talked about all the things I'm doing. I've, no, let's I've talk doing. about some of the other things you have done. So you have your business, obviously. So is is it successful now? Like, is it? I mean, it was successful, but it was de- definitely successful. I've kind of taken a um, sabbatical after having my son, so I'm going to probably be ramping that back up. Um, I want to. I don't want to speak too ahead of time on what's going to happen, but there'll be some new, some new things coming out from me for sure, for show creations. Um, but I definitely need to take some time away after having my son, it's important. um, you know, to balance that because at the end of the core, my family comes first. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I don't want to be that mom where you're so far in the grind and you're so far into your own thing that your kids are suffering and they, right. they're young. They right. need those examples. And the kids that we talked about <laughs> that's yeah. out there in the streets, not mine. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be all up in the business. They need the love. You they know? need the support. Yeah. And yeah. the presence. Right. right. Even though I'm doing 60 things, I still prioritize my kids. So yep. like last night, tired as I was, I took them to Sharp Park for mm. the trigger trail. I don't know uh, if you've heard about that. No, I haven't. Oh, man. It was intense. But it's <laughs> always, I take her every year. And it's great because the kids get to trick or treat through the trail safely mm. and you have all these different businesses, you should probably go next year as your podcast and sit at the table yeah, and give probably, out candy. Probably should. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I didn't and even know about it. We left with, I mean, I think we went through 35 tables wow. through the park and Tricker got candy left with a big old bin full of candy. Wow. And it's, it's fun family outing for us yeah. to do. She got to wear a costume and it's safe cool. candy and you right. can see other people, families and stuff. But yeah, tired as I was. Did that right after work yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that's like. Yeah. Yep. We always have to, because we work nine to 10 hours a day and then have to go and do yeah. those kind of events. And it's like, oh. But then there's going to come a day where your kid's not going to want to hang with you. Yeah. Yep. They're not. And, and you're, you're going to miss out on this. You're no longer the cool mom. No. <laughs> they want to hang with their friends. No. Right. And then you got to pray about who the friends are. (laughs) Oh, you know, kids are exposed to so many different things now. So I want to be, you know, so close. I pride myself on that relationship with my kid, with my daughter, for sure. She's four going on 44. She's an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she she probably you need to interview her for the podcast (laughs) to give you some great content. Um, but yeah, you know, I tell her, I always tell my daughter, you know, your voice is powerful and I always want her no matter what the situation is, she can always come talk to mommy. And, you know, speaking of voice being powerful, um, I've been doing a lot of market research studies lately. People don't realize there's a lot of money in that, you know, they, people Mm. will pay you for your opinion. Mm. And even my daughter, I think she's made a couple hundred dollars this summer at four for market research studies. Whoa. How do you do that? I just sign up I just sign up and they just somehow pick us 
And, you know, cool. I can't, you know, I signed disclosure, so I can't really disclose. But she's but played. What, what like, kind of, yeah, I was going to say, what kind of studies are you doing? Yeah. Um. So she's recently, she's tested out like different apps for different um characters that kids are into for okay. different games that haven't dropped out yet. Wow. And it's really cool because I get to tell her, like, you're part of the decision making for things that your peers like that's a big deal and i'm instilling in her that her voice matters at an early age and that people will pay you for your opinions and your time is valuable that's important that's an important thing to teach kids because like i grew up like like you don't your opinion didn't really matter yeah you know nobody cares about a nine-year-old's thoughts on something right but they do they do and when you look at the way uh, social media and technology has gone. It's always been the younger people who have created these things. Mm-hmm. And it's because people cared about their opinions, their thoughts and their ideas. And, and the world is so much faster now. Yes. Like, you know, crazy. My daughter's thought process. I was not thinking I was nowhere near on her level when <laughs> I was four. I know I wasn't. You know, the stuff that comes out of her mouth blows my mind. And, I was you eating know, mud. <laughs> yeah, like playing trucks she, in the dirt. She's just, she's amazing and that's the world we're in it's so fast paced it's so fast paced so we gotta you know keep up right (laughs) keep up but i tell her you know her voice is is powerful so if i have time i've you know participated in you know some of those uh market research studies you do them from your home you know because you don't have to leave now everything's online an hour here 30 minutes here you know, you just answer some questions and, you know, make some extra money on the side. Right. And I, it's crazy because I didn't do, I don't do those for money. I mean, it, money's great, but I'm not like, oh, I need to make a dollar. Right. Oh. right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but you, just something extra to do. Um, and like I said, your your opinion, your voice matters. And who doesn't like a little extra before and Christmas? You, right. And you're getting rewarded for your opinion and your thoughts and yeah. ideas. And that's a part of changing the world. Like I tell my daughter, when we go to the park, you know, simple things. You want to leave anywhere you go better than how you came. Right. Yeah. You want to leave the world a better place. And People think like, okay, that is very cliche. It sounds like Mr. Rogers neighborhood, something he said, <laughs> but no, it's true. So we go to the park before we start playing. I need you to pick up three pieces of trash and throw it away. We might do it early because when we leave, we might be rushing out and not be able <laughs> right. to pick up our trash, right? Cause kids are busy. But for the most part, you know, just having those small interactions and we were getting on her last night, me and my husband, cause you know, we're going through trick or trail and I didn't hear any kids saying thank you. Mm. And I'm like, Harris, you need to be my kid. Like you need to be saying thank you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just those small things, you don't realize yeah. it, it makes a big impact. It really does. Yeah. And it it makes a big impact on the way the minds of young people work as they get older. Because if, if you can teach them young to say thank you when somebody hands them something, yeah. then they're going to be more appreciative as time goes on with, with more things. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah, it's important. We try to do that, too, with my kids. Like, every time we leave a house at trick-or-treating or something, we're like, say thank you. Say thank you. Say thank you. It's it's like an every house occurrence. <laughs> yeah, it's so small, but it, it's important. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, your kids are a representation of you. They really are. They And you're responsible. Yeah. What you do, what you say, what you put in them, what you don't do, what you don't say, yeah. you're responsible. Yep. You're responsible. You're, you're raising the next generation. You really are. Yeah. So yeah. what other things do you have going on? Um, and then more recently we just launched a, a, a revamp or 
I should say, of our education ministry at my church. Um, shout out to my church, Christ Temple Church of Lansing, 233 Lenore. Where's it's that? on the south side of Lansing. Okay. Um, Christ Temple, you can look that up. And we are having our hosting our educational Tuesday. So the fourth Tuesday of every month, we have some type of uh, programming for the youth in the community. Oh. Um, and just last month, we had somebody come and talk about healthy relationships. Um, we have a lineup for the whole year, every wow. fourth Tuesday of the month. This month, October, um, because of Halloween, it's on a Tuesday and it's the fifth Tuesday. We're going to be doing our efforts there. So for Halloween, come out. Six to eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have nice uh, trunk or treat for the kids and That's activities. Cool. And it's been really a blessing. Um, thankful to my pastor and first lady. They've allowed me to share my ideas and like take off and run with them. Very cool. Um, and so we've, you know, partnered with different uh, areas in the community. Uh, like MSU FCU is going to come and do a, uh, cool. a session on like money management for youth uh, or uh, Capital Michigan Works. They're going to come there talk about resume building and how to present when you, you know, go on an interview. Stuff that these kids wow. just don't know. Etiquette class. Right. Um, we, we're going to have tutor sessions. So I think in a couple uh, months we'll have some. Um, great people come and just math and English and just bring your homework and we're going to do homework and wow. shout out to the different restaurants That's in the so community. Cool. They funded food, you know, last month, BJ's, thank you. Um, they, you know, gave us tons of pizza and wow. we have food for the kids. So really we talked about that earlier in this session about, you know, are, are you far? They're lost. Mm -hmm. And, and we got to do something lack of guidance and resources. Right. Here we are. But that's a resource. Free, free resource. And so I'm not going to ever be one of those type of people that speak on something and not provide a way out of the situation. Right. I respect that because I mean, I, I've talked to so many people that have thoughts and ideas on something like, well, we're not doing enough in this area. We're not doing do nothing, but they're not doing anything. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah, you're right. And, and what could be done about that? But it, it, what needs to happen is somebody just needs to take that step yeah. to, in the right direction. Yeah. And mean it and mean it and, and be consistent with it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's so hard for our kids to trust because the moment it gets hard, at, yeah. even as adults, the ball gets dropped and we give up and we can't do that. And so that's partly why I even ran to be on the Lansing school board too, because you know, there were so many things I was hearing and my daughter is now in the board in the district. And um, I'm like, Hmm, not going to be one of those people that make complaints and mm. not get out here and try to be the change. Right. All right. Yeah. So next what year, were, in the fall, the I'll rerun. Things, what were the things <laughs> you were hearing that you didn't like? Um, Right now, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people pulling their kids out of the district and they're going outside of the district. Right. There's also, uh, there was a drop, I think, in um, employment. Yes. Especially for African-American educators. Mm. That's a big one. Yeah. We need to see people that look like us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, part of the problem is you need people that work in the community that live in the community. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. Um, and then also there's like a huge disconnect for the uh, teachers that work for the school district and the uh, substitutes. Substitutes make significantly more yeah. than than teachers do. Yeah. That's true. So the, the incentive to be a substitute is greater than but then as a sub, you're not building a relationship. No, because you're in one class one day the, and you, another class the next. Around. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it was scary, you know, it, so especially. What do you think could be done about that? There's a lot. You know, I think the biggest thing is building the trust within the community, um, putting the, the kids at the forefront. 
you know, hearing the parents' opinions, right, and doing something about it. But moreover, people want to feel connected. We want to see what the kids are doing. We want them to be at the forefront. We want to be trusting. We want to be honest and transparent in our communication. Because here's the thing. My biggest pet peeve in general for anybody, don't overpromise and underdeliver. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't. You know, like, you have to be impactful. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing right there. Who won? Who did you run? <laughs> who-, <laughs> who won? So I I don't want to get her name incorrectly, and I'm so, you know, happy with, you know, for her, good for her. Things happen. And if it was my time, it would have been. Right. But it was, it was a toss-up, you know. It got to the point where because it was a vacancy, it wasn't based off of the community votes okay. during voting and elections. So maybe next year I'll run. I've been you know, some people have said they will endorse me, but I'm not really sure. We'll, we'll be praying about it. Um, but it was really a toss up. It was up to the board. And for me, I think they each had their group of per- people that they wanted to come because they were not con- cohesive at all on who they wanted. Like mm-hmm. each of them had a different person. Oh my gosh. There was only one name that I heard multiple times, but that person didn't even get it. Oh, so it was really a toss up. And it just showed me, you know, where they are because they they had a different idea of who they needed. Right, right. I wonder why they wanted that one person or why they wanted the people that they were picking. I don't know. It like I said they all said different people. Because I think they all got to say their top 2 or top 3 and they all had different people. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. My name was brought up twice. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if it was meant, it'll be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they were like, I need, we, you need to run. You need to rerun. You need to run. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> so you'll, you'll run again next year. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not making promises. Right. Cause they can't I don't fulfill. know what my commitment is going to be next year. I might be off doing something. Else. Your business might be like Boom. fortune 500. <laughs> Probably. Or I might start a new business. Right. Or a podcast. You in this podcast. <laughs> I don't know that I have capacity. I think you're good at talking though. And you're good at relaying your feelings and your thoughts. And I think a lot of people would resonate well well with that. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, And you're educated. Like you sound (laughs) extremely educated when you talk. Thanks. I am educated. (laughs) (laughs) I am. But you know, it's, it's crazy too. Cause, um, I actually thought about a podcast before, but it wasn't, um, Anything like this. What was it like? Uh, it was just more going to be uh, inspirational, you know. This is inspirational. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is inspirational, but more um, biblical. Oh, Not like okay. a Sunday school or teaching. Um, like that. Teaching on like relationships and stuff like that. Like and how to apply it to like. Real like life. Real life. Yeah. I think that's a. I was talking to these people. Um, they came on last weekend to promote this I'm actually event. going to this. Are you really? Yeah. And it's crazy because, look, again, how am I going to have time? So this is the Self-Defense in Jesus women's event. Yep. Um, next, this Saturday. This Saturday, out. yep. Well, I'm supposed to be walking in the breast cancer walk Saturday. <laughs> I'm on a team, <laughs> Faith Walkers. <laughs> and I'm going to try to make that, too. Um, I've seen that, and I signed up for it. mm yeah, they came on last weekend to promote that event. I actually have to release their episode today. But <laughs> <laughs> um, 
they one thing that I was talking to them about is there's a huge disconnect in religion and the way it's applied to life today. Like, I mean, you hear these Bible verses from, you know, from the Bible and it's like, okay, like, how do I apply that though? Or like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. And how does that apply to, to, to today's life? Cause today's life looks way different than it used to even 10 years ago. The th- yeah. different things you encounter, especially as a young person. Well, and that's the thing you got to be number one, led by the spirit. Right. And you got to get somewhere and sit down and be taught and somebody that can relay the information. So that's the thing I love about my pastor is very down to earth, very simple, not mm-hmm. complex, you know, Tuesday Bible study, you, everybody can get something out of it. Old, young, right, <laughs> you know, right. any type of walk of life. And I think we just sometimes don't have that. I think when people step outside of the mask of I'm a preacher and I'm going <laughs> to be this, you know, you know, yeah. when you step out of that, then you can connect and, and get people and reach people where they are. Right. You know, right. we have to think about, and I always tell a lot of my kids, you know, even my teenagers, because I worked as a Sunday school teacher too. Um, you got to love people in the condition you found them in and not the condition you want them to be in. Mm. And I think that takes a lot of work because then you got to look at yourself right. and say, self, me, <laughs> what is it about this person that is driving me insane? What, what do I need to do? Right. To love, to love them in the condition that they're in right. and not the condition that I want them to be in. Because yeah. again, pride says they should be this, right. They should do this. It should be like this, but that's yeah. not life. No. And you are supposed to what? Love your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Christ loved yeah, us. Yeah, it's so easy. And it's so easy to just be like, nah, screw that person. Yeah. Screw that person. Like, for that reason or this reason. But it's like, why am I thinking this way about that person? Does that, they're, like, I'm thinking of a certain scenario of uh, a politician that I went and seen last week. Um, RFK, he came to mm-hmm. Lansing. And yeah. I, I went to go see him. And I was telling somebody about that. And they're like, oh, screw him. I don't like his idea on this. And I was like, why? Like, you don't you don't care about what he has to say in general because of this one thing. Like you're gonna define him because of this one thing, and we do that a lot with so many different people and so many different things. Like we don't like one thing about somebody, so now we define them by that thing. And that social media, we're a part of this cancel culture, right? Uh, yes, that's one of my favorite topics. <laughs> cancel, cancel, cancel culture. Like nobody can make a mistake. You no. can't think wrong. Say you can't even chew wrong. Nope. To throw you all the way. I've been canceled a couple times. Really? Yes, twi- are, oh, twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. What heat are you? <laughs> I don't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's part of it. That's that's the the it's the cancel culture. It's the my way or the highway or the view of. It's like a mob mentality. Yeah, and um, I, I've I've witnessed it twice now, and it, both times have been with two different politicians. One who was running for a local candidacy who came on actually again, and I got to release the episode too. Um, I can't wait because I'm going to get canceled again Um, (laughs) (laughs) for sure for that one. Um, So the first time it was a a guy running for governor. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. Like when I have somebody on the podcast, I don't necessarily agree with their ideas. I don't, I I don't, I'm not endorsing them. I just want to sit there and talk to them and see what their thoughts are. Like, why are are you running for this position? Tell me. And so I had this guy on who was at the January 6th event. Like he was this extremely like right wing, um, uh, like 
extreme guy. Like, mm-hmm. and I didn't vote for him. But the thing is, is like, <laughs> like I invited him on, but I also invited everybody else on. He was just the only one who was like, yeah, I'll come do it. So I was like, cool. So he came and did the podcast. He came to my house, sat here, did the podcast. I promoted the episode like I always do. And I got so much hate for it. People are like, oh, you're, you're giving him a platform. You're doing this. You're doing that. And you didn't even grill him give on somebody this. To talk, like, give them something to talk about. No, it helped me. It always it, helps it, me. It does. Um, it, and it, it is sad to say, you know, kind of like bad publicity is good publicity. It really, All publicity is good. It really is. In, <laughs> in the content creation world, it really is. It is. And because then people, people will like you because you're now you're, you're, you're edgy. You're yeah. like, oh, he's, he's willing to like have somebody on who's risky yeah. or like, I respect him because he's, he's not narrow minded or whatever. But that's the thing. Like I try not to, when I talk to people, I try not to have this opinion about them. I just want to talk to them for their ideas, their thoughts and why they're doing what they're but doing. But you have to be a strong minded person to put yourself out there. You absolutely have to. You have to, because you don't know. Who's going to be watching on the other side of that screen? Somebody's always going to have something to say about something. Oh, yeah. It it, yeah. it never fails. So you go into this knowing that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and that was a true testament of this last one I had. I interviewed a guy who's running for um, city council. And I invited all the city council people on. And this guy agreed. The other people agreed, too. But a couple, of, like one of them backed out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... But this guy, like, he just said some things, and people just started nitpicking literally everything he said. And they were like, well, he, he's wrong for this, or he's wrong for that. And it's like, dude, he was just talking. So when you post They're this just, video, I'm look, not looking at the comments. <laughs> it's already out there. You could go find it. But, yeah, it like, some prominent people were commenting on it. And yeah. I'm just like, that's sad to see because, like, they're nitpicking the conversation. Of course. And it's like he didn't even mean it that way. Yeah. But, yeah, and then he came back on. So I got to release Come that Come back episode. on and clean it up. <laughs> That one was a little bit more edgy than the first one. So. Oh, <laughs> wow. But yeah, I don't know. It's just we live in crazy times yeah. and uh, you just got to continue doing what you're doing. And if you enjoy doing it, do it anyways. Like regardless of what the do public is scared, ab- do it scared. That's it. Do it scared. Do it scared. Don't even do it scared. <laughs> do it confidently. Some people don't have confidence, though. That's true. But the thing is, by just doing it. And just, just putting it. it out there, that builds confidence. Because eventually, I mean, that was like when I started this podcast, I was so nervous. Mm. So nervous. Because I've never been in the public eye whatsoever. Yeah. Um, never really been like big into social media, nothing. But then so when I'm sitting down and I'm recording myself and I see myself on camera and I'm talking with a microphone and I can hear my voice, I'm like, I sound dumb for one and for two, like it's, it's vulnerable. Like it's extremely vulnerable to put yourself out there, your thoughts and your ideas. And then you know that other people are going to see it and they're going to judge you and they're going to think you're dumb. And then, so you have all these like misconceived ideas of what other people think about you. And it's like, you can't think about other people. You cannot. You You got to think about that one person that's going to hear this and say, that resonated with me. Right. All that, 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 I like her thought on that or I like his thought. That exactly. makes sense. Exactly. That's just one. Just yeah. one. That's all you need is one. And the rest of them, that's what. Thank you for watching. You just made my views go up. Exactly. Yeah, that's and that's how it started for me. I was nervous, scared. But now it's like, you know. And if, it, you, if you're humble anyway, you know, that goes a long way. Absolutely. It, it can get to your head, though. But Well, if you let it. <laughs> yes. 
you know. Yeah, you but just, you gotta stay you humble. You stay humble. You stay, stay humble. That's it. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at. Like, no matter what happens. No matter how much success. Yeah. I'm always going to remember where I came from. I love period. That. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and you've clearly had. You can have everything today and have nothing tomorrow. And you think about the people that were there when it, when you were on your knees and your knuckles. Yeah. Who was there? You think about those people. You take them people with you. Yeah, absolutely. Is that your time? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Episodes up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you think about that, right? You, you, you have s- to. You have to think about the people that got you to the dance. Yeah. That helped you get to the dance. Yeah. And that's it. You can, And I always say, if I obtain more and more, right, because I will have more. I'm going to always be blessed. But let me have the right mind to keep it mm-hmm. and maintain it. Right. I don't want $1,000 if I'm just going to blow it. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's a mindset thing. It's a mindset shift completely. Yeah. I had a girlfriend, uh, mom, once tell me, because the, the, before I worked at GM, I was extremely unfortunate. Had a didn't make much money at all. Like, just, I struggled. I lived on my own at 17. And, oh. um life was really tough, but like she would help me out all the time. She would pay my phone bill, like give me money, like mm-hmm. she would do whatever. Um, and all the time I'd be like, I'm going to pay you back. I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. And she's like, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. She's like, but just know that one day when you are able to pay it forward. Yeah. And that's always stuck with me. And so ever since then, I'm like, I just need to pay it forward. And I've tried to do that ever since. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing to do. And I always tell people, you know, don't lend something you're going to miss. Yeah. Don't ask me. I'm not giving you $20 if that's all I got. (laughs) And I'm going to need that $20. If I give you $20, I don't need it. And don't give it if you're going to hold it against that person. Oh, I cannot stand that. Don't give more than you can afford to lose. Nope. That drives me insane. Yeah. Don't hold it over them. No. No. For what? It just ruins your relationship. But in the same sense, though, <laughs> I feel like we could go all day yeah. on, about this. But like in the same sense, pe- family can put you in positions sometimes oh, to where they they you give a little and then now they expect it. But and the problem is we have to be careful in not hindering people's growth. If you're right. going to keep pacifying the behavior, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. So if you don't cut it off, they'll have to find another source. Boundaries. Right. Boundaries. That's a hard. That's a hard pill. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's very hard. I've had to do that, and it's it's rough. And then when you're on your tight, where they at? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we should wrap it up with that. Awesome. This was fun. It this was. was a lot of fun. You should have me back. I will gladly have you back. This was a great podcast. We went an hour and ten minutes, and it, wow. it just flew by like that. It did. It was awesome. And it, not every podcast I can say is that easy. So great. This was a lot of fun. I think we covered a lot of ground. We and did. Um, I don't know. You were a great guest. Awesome. So, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks. And uh, I look forward to doing it again. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Bye.